0: What's going on everyone? Welcome to the Joe Vore Podcast, JV Podcast Network. We are back after a bit of a a hiatus, a little vacation. Producer Snowman is back and we have Andrew Leesus on. You may not know that name, but you probably saw his tweet. So welcome, Andrew. Thank you for doing this. He's a diehard suns fan D-backs fan Packers fan which we're gonna yeah. get into we're gonna we're gonna find out about that he's the host now are you are you the host that I see it's the every Sunday podcast is that right it's the every day is Sunday podcast ah yeah. every day is Sunday podcast that's awesome so that's all suns basketball related right? Yeah, of course. Awesome, awesome. So, where where can everyone find it? We're going to do a little plug here. On it's, on, it's on, yeah, it's on, it's on
1: Apple. It's on SoundCloud. It's on. We're
0: going to get on Spotify soon. Yeah. Nice. So at, pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts. Yeah. So perfect. So let's start. I'm going to pull up the screenshot here of the tweet. We're going to start with the tweet that made you crazy viral famous here. So you tweeted <laughs> with the NBA coming back. You yeah. tweeted right here. Screenshot this. If DeAndre Ayton makes a three-pointer in Orlando, I'll get a Domin Ayton, a little play, very punny there, very good face hat, <laughs> no cap. And he comes out, bangs a three, and right. like those things do. Like my good friend, who who I went to ASU with, said if when ASU played Kansas, uh, I believe it was the second year when a, when it was, the game was in when was in Tempe in Arizona State. He said he would get. Bobby effing Hurley tattooed on his ass if ASU won. They had a crazy (laughs) comeback win. And Bobby – like it happened and Bobby Hurley was like, yeah, don't do that. Uh, But he was like, can I get the pitchfork? He's like, yes, get the pitchfork. So they made a whole (laughs) big deal. That's the power of social media. People that are just regular users on Twitter can tweet things like that. Boom, ASU beats Kansas. DeAndre Aiden bangs the three in the bubble. And now – you're like you're 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 a local hero you're a celebrity like <laughs> take us through this like whirlwind like i imagine you just were like yeah this would be kind of funny to tweet and then all yeah. of a sudden it went nuts like you would never expect I mean, this. I mean,
1: it's it's kind of like an inside joke in terms of like the in between like son's twitter like deandre not shooting threes because you know for two years he's been you know i love him but he, he tends to talk a bigger game than like what happens you know he's a little overconfident and we've been hearing this about him shooting threes for you know for a while and now pretty much as he got into the league hasn't really done he's taken about less than like four I think in his career and three of those are probably I get the at the shot clock buzzer so yeah. it was kind, it was mostly a joke I was just messing around it was like I, I tweet stuff like that all the time like uh, I, I got interviewed and I say I tweet stuff and then I deal with the repercussions later which is not the <laughs> smartest thing to do but uh it's just it's kind of how I am and I don't know. I didn't expect it to take off the way that it did, but yeah, it went crazy.
0: That's, yeah, that's just, that's so insane. Of course he comes out there in that first game and does it. And so many things have (laughs) happened since we're going to get into that. But I want to start with DeAndre Ayton blocked you on Twitter. Now what, what's up with that? (sighs) I, I, I don't, 'Cause I mean, me
1: and him are cool. We've talked in the past, like, we're cool, like we play video games. Like, yeah. Like I went into his Twitch stream the other day. He's like, Oh, Angelese, like, like we're cool, but I think he doesn't run his Twitter account. Like mm. so I think probably like one of the one of the managers of the account probably saw it and when Bleach Report first tweeted me out, like they took it as me like trolling or they called me like a son's troll. Huh. Like I I don't know, maybe they took it as me, you know, disrespecting the under, yeah. which I mean if you follow me, like you see, I, I tweet about DeAndre, and I, I have, like, high expectations for the guy. I, I think, like, he's going to be a great player. So it wasn't meant in that way, but maybe the publicist or the whatever, they decided they wanted to block me, it was, which was – it was just crazy. Like, I I didn't expect it.
0: Yeah. Hopefully DeAndre Ayton doesn't become the next Ben Roethlisberger, where someone else runs his account uh, right, and everyone's just yeah. blocked by Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Yeah, Big yeah, Ben has me blocked too. Right, <laughs> blocked yeah. the whole world. Uh, yeah, he has everyone blocked. I've never. Yeah, I think Ben Roethlisberger's managers are basically like the people that are like behind Siri and Apple and Instagram ads. Like if you yeah. just, if you just say his name, all of a sudden yeah, you, you, you get blocked. Or it's like you mentioned one product and all of a sudden their ads are all over your Instagram. Yeah. I, think that's how, <laughs> yeah. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. But, Oh man, well, yeah. Someone, the intern or whoever blocked you obviously didn't do their homework. They don't, they didn't know your intent behind it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess also when you see like Bleacher Report, call me a troll. Yeah. Like, it it yeah. makes it seem as if like, there's some people who like, I mean, like I love the Suns with like everything I got. Like I, I have so much love for the Suns, for for Phoenix. Like I grew up a Suns fan. I grew up in Phoenix so it's like, it, it wasn't meant in that way. I don't, I don't like, I don't know. But it was taken, I guess, the wrong way, obviously, by them. And, and they decided they wanted to block me. But, <laughs> I mean, he actually has had me blocked before. Like, huh. yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I'm friends with his brother, too. Like, his brother still follows me and all that. So I talked to his brother once. I'm like, why do he block me? He's like, oh, I don't, like, he doesn't run his Twitter account and all that. I guess, I don't know. They just, I guess the people who run his account are soft or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or, you know, here's a spin zone kind of going off of something else that you tweeted. I think what, like, everyone is so, like, media savvy now, and they have all these teams and production companies and all these things. You tweeted, hey, you know, now that i pushed DeAndre Ayton to shoot threes, you guys can thank me after his Hall of Fame career, because now you're pushing him (laughs) to be a three-point shooter. Maybe this is just DeAndre Ayton's team setting up a storyline, like this is going to be the beginning of his documentary. Okay. You tweet... He bangs the three, he blocks you, and then while he's up on the stage in Springfield, Massachusetts, getting finishing okay. up his speech, he unblocks you on the stage after a Hall of Fame career. Boom, that's how the and documentary then, so wraps he, up it, credits roll. Yeah, he goes,
1: he goes down as one of the greatest three-point shooting centers of all time, yes. and he said that, you know, I'd like to thank Andrew Lees for giving me the inspiration and the, the motivation to become one of the yes. best three-point shooters in the league. I'm, I'm down for that spin zone.
0: Yeah no so yeah and and just and because we spoke it into existence we just all of us yeah. now together like you were going to be in it anyways, but now the snowman and I have made our way into this like we are now in his documentary that he's going to put out after <laughs> oh, Fall of course Earth. yeah we have
2: to be we're, we're we're in the process of trying to get in as many documentary <laughs> yeah that's
0: yeah, a good idea good. A, we, we good. just want
2: to be in we want to guys yes. big documentary guys yeah big documentary, big documentary guys. guys. <laughs>
0: so yeah I I love that so you kind of mentioned playing video games with these guys you were doing a twitch stream or you were in their twitch stream the other day so who were you playing with like do you normally play with these guys like did it kind of all spark because of the tweet like how did all this happen
1: no um about a year like probably over like 15 16 months ago I made a like a Devin Booker edit on and I put on twitch it was just like a highlight reel of him against the warriors you know I played it to don't stop me now by queen in the background and it kind of like blew up a little bit he saw it he thought it was funny. He, he retweeted and all that. And then his brother started reaching out to me after that. And we kind of became close. And then, you know, I kind of became close with Devin and it, it you know, it, it's, it's a friendship now, which is, it's weird to say, because, you know, I was at 17, 18, 19 years old, looking up to this guy. And I mean, I still have so much respect for him, but yeah, I was streaming on Twitch the other day and it was after everything had went viral. I was just streaming. And then I was about, I was about to end my stream, but I was like, we're out in discord and i saw they were on i'm like i just hit them up like yo you guys trying to play some warzone right now maybe get this get this get this podcast in at the yeah. same time and they're like yeah i'm down. And it was it was him mikhail bridges who also plays for the Suns, and and davon wade which is a
0: bookish brother that that's awesome and i and i love like that's the like social media like creates so much like craziness and there's so much like negative stuff that can f- come from it but like like that's just that's just so that's the good part of it like video games you know as crazy as they are you know they kind of like bring people together and like you are just like yeah and we're just like any of them like you if you you just want to yeah, play yeah. Warzone and you guys just hang out and play video games then you you jump on a podcast like none of us have you know a joe rogan pardon my take bill simmons ryan Rossillo like type level podcast but right. like If you can just kind of connect on that level, and it's so funny when we say we look up to these guys, um, you know, like I'm 22, the snowman here is 21, like we're all younger, and these guys are pretty much the same age. All
2: right. Yeah. Right.
0: Like, I remember we're we're from, I live in Arizona now, but as you can see, the jerseys behind the snowman there, we're from Ohio, we're huge Cavs fans, and- a couple years ago, I was at um, when LeBron was still here, and when, when there's Eastern Conference Finals, game six against Jason Tatum, and he was like barking at the ref or whatever. I'm like, quit your whining, shut the hell up. Yeah. And, then I, and I had to sit down. I'm like, this man is. Like, I am older than this guy, and I'm yelling yeah. at him. He's a millionaire. He's, two years He's old out ago. there running around trying to guard LeBron James, and I'm some punk ass kid that just like wasted <laughs> all this money going to this game. Like, this guy, like, I, I had, like, one of those moments, like, where we're that old. Like, we're not that – we're super young, but we're old enough to be the same age or older than some of these guys yeah. that are doing, yeah. like, something on a level that right. like we'll never
2: do. I, I look at guys – I look at guys who are playing, like, D1, like, Ohio State football, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, man, that dude – like, we're the same age. But there's just something about it that just makes them seem like they're like they're older than me. Yeah. And it, it it's the same way in the NBA. Like, Zion's, like, 19, 20. And I, like, we're all older than, him. I, I don't know how old you are, but me and Joe are older than all these guys and out there making millions playing frickin'
1: in the NBA or in the NFL. Yeah, that's what I was telling De- Devin. I was like, man, you, you being 23 years old, I'm 22, like you being 23 years right. old makes me feel a little, ba- little bit bad about myself Like you're, <laughs> you're over here hanging out with Drake, signed a $150 yeah. million dollar deal. I'm like, man, you're
0: only a year older yeah. than me. <laughs> Yeah. that's so yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's so crazy to think about but social media does now it does a lot of bad things but it's great because it does bring us together in those ways and it can really connect people and that's I always just love that you know when people you know or sometimes it ends up randomly you know you end up in these different like playing video games I remember listening to uh um an old interview with John Heater who played Napoleon Dynamite and he was on yeah. uh, like one of Great the late movie. night shows and he was talking about playing call of duty or whatever and the guys on there were like yo man you sound just like napoleon dynamite he's like i am napoleon dynamite <laughs> and i'm yeah, like no is. way like how crazy like not all, like whether you like whether it's you're playing with them on purpose or you just end up in these random rooms and you're playing with them and you hear these guys yeah. in the mic or whatever it's just yeah. it's just so cool it's just so ra- like it's just so amazing just how like accessible you know, like these people are and how, you know, cool and like down to earth. And I feel like celebrities, can, like they have the opportunity to be way more relatable and way more connected than ever before, yeah. which makes it really cool for these guys who are trying to build a brand and trying to, you know, build themselves up, you know, off the court, um, you know, and, and things like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's why I've been able to like build friendship with these guys. Like I'm, I, I make music sometimes, too. And uh, I made a song I just called it Kelly Oubre last year and he retweeted it and he followed me and he showed me love and like now me and him are connected he retweets my stuff all the time and you know I show him love and it's just well I think especially with the Suns like they're such a young team and like Booker's 23 Bridges is 22 you know Kelly's 24 Aiden's 22 I'm 22 like so that's why I get in there I don't you know the first like the first time I got in there I was like oh my god this is like Devin Booker this is oh my god it's crazy like now that I've known them for a while, like when I did the podcast and I was streaming, at that point it's just like, all right, these are just, these are just your boys. These are yeah, you're these just, are just playing video games. games. You're you're chilling out, and that's why, I, you know, the podcast was fun because you know, it was a different kind of dynamic. It wasn't so much in in a in a structured situation. It was we we're playing Warzone, and I was asking him questions in the middle of looting in the game, and and you know, we had to trim a lot of the podcast. A lot of it was you know, all of us cussing at a team <laughs> or you know, fighting a team, so. It, it, but it was interesting because it it showed a side that you don't really see a lot with devin and bridges you know because all their interviews are are by you know they're very i don't know I don't know but they're very scripted. you know they're very scripted yeah there you go yeah and this one was just it was it was all freestyled it was but it was fun they they showed like their personality they were having fun and I, I think a lot of people enjoyed it because of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, another I remember another story, you know, just with people being relatable and around the same age. I remember LeBron talking about when he knew like he started getting old, like he was talking about how he had some of the younger guys like over to his house this past summer. And he mentioned Darius Garland, who's with the Cavs now. And he was like, like more so, like relating to Bronny, like his kids, because like they were yeah. like closer in age than him and LeBron are, even though you know they're yeah, sort I mean, of yeah. they're sort of peers. You know, like LeBron's I mean. on a way higher level, but they, they they're both playing in the NBA, but still at the same time, you know, him and Bronny have more similar experiences and yeah. you know, growing up with just the age than the generation that they are than Darius Garland and LeBron, which is just like so so crazy to think about, right. like you know. They don't. Well, there's like, a
2: three. There's a three-year gap between Garland and Bronny. Right. And there's a uh, you know thirty-five. What's LeBron's 34 thirty-five? And Garland's eighteen. a right. Fifteen-year gap between those guys. Like it's it's crazy. Absolutely. Crazy. Right.
0: Like and like Andrew, like Devin Booker, and some of these guys mm-hmm. probably you know could have more in common on some sort of levels than like, you know, when like Tyson Chandler was on the team, like an older guy like that, like, and it's just, it's so crazy, but it's, it's true. And that's evident when these things, we all grew
1: up doing the same thing. We all grew up, you know, we all play sports. We all, all, uh, we're all very competitive. We all, we all played video games. We all like the same artists, you know, like, it's just, we just have a lot of common, in common. That's why it's not, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel awkward. It doesn't feel like, Oh, you know, like, at least I don't feel like, Oh my God, this guy's like, above me or like and he doesn't feel like oh this guy's below me like it just feels like all right you're just playing with your boys and it's just it, it's cool you know like you did say there's a lot of cool things with social media like that would have never happened like no. you know you know you've been like five years ago yeah. 10 years ago it just and now it's yeah. just it happened and it's like right now it's like a dream come true for me like I wanted this when I was a kid I wanted to you know interview my favorite players you know talk to my favorite players and now it's becoming like a reality and it's it's very surreal.
0: Absolutely. All right. I, I want to talk about some of your other tweets now. Then I want to get into some of your son's fandom because I really I love that stuff because we're huge Cavs fans. Um. So you tweeted so Mikhail Bridges. You were drawing comparisons to Scottie Pippen. Now I want you to explain this, but at the same time I understand because I build those things up in my head. I probably would have said the same thing about Larry Hughes if that team was modern day. So go yeah. ahead and I, I want you to explain. I want you to explain this.
1: A, a lot of my tweets are, you know, they're not to be taken too seriously, you know. Uh, like I just have fun with it, you know. Like I'm a Suns fan, obviously, so I've seen, I've seen a lot of players, you know. Seen Dragon Bender, and I've had I've had these old tweets where it's, you know, it's, it's 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 mostly jokes, and then people like find them later and they think like I was serious. Like remember last year, Dragon Bender's last game, we played the the Suns played the Mavericks. And I was like, "Wow, the new Dirk Nowitzki's leave are entering the league as the old ones leaving it." And then you know, this year it got retweeted. People were like, "Oh, he thought Bender was going to be Dirk Nowitzki," and it was like, "Yeah, have fun with it." But no, I mean, Brit, I mean, no. seriously, like, like. Bridges is, is, is a great defender, and he can do a lot of the same things like Pippen did. Obviously, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 50 player of all time, but it's just, you know, it's fun stuff with, with the fan base, and, and they like it and gets them riled up, and it, it's it's mostly for fun, but I, I do think, uh, you know, a lot of Mikel Bridges, he's, he's going to be a good player for a lot of years.
0: Fair. No, that's, yeah. that's the perfect explanation, and we yeah. relate to that too because every sort of demographic of sports fans, it's not even like – you know, within cities, you know, there's Suns Twitter and there's D-backs Twitter and there's Cardinals Twitter. Right. Like we have the same people. We have the same cast of characters here with like Cleveland we Sports do. Twitter. And Are you
1: guys all like Cleveland, like everything Cleveland? Like,
0: yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, so, so you guys can kind of relate to like the misery. Oh, yeah. Maybe even more than the misery of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. being an, an Arizona sports fan. You know, the Suns. You know, they have, like, the fifth highest winning percentage ever, and they, they never got a ring, and they got yep. cheated out of the finals. And, I mean, you guys, I, I don't know if they even oh, take yeah. you guys we're, through we're, Yeah, a, we're going yeah, to get all into in all
0: that. that. But, like, um but, yeah, no, we have, like, and it's so funny when those tweets get outside of, the like, the people that they were, the audience that they were intended yeah. for. Because then that's yeah. when it gets all messed up. Like, we have a guy... Who his name is McNeil on Twitter, like re um, it, his, uh username is golfer spelled backwards. It's like reflog, and he just has a ton of followers. He's the one that orchestrated and set up the 0 16 Browns parade. If you remember that, where <laughs> they you know had like a big parade around the stadium and they raised a bunch of like, yeah ra- got a bunch of food donated to the Cleveland Food Bank, which was actually really good. Um, yeah. but you know, they always tweet out photos of like, if there's going to be like, um, just to get people riled up, if there's like a Trump rally or if there's like other celebrations during the coronavirus they would always like tweet screenshots from the Cavs championship parade. And then oh, like, I saw, I saw
1: that. Yes, I yes, actually yes. tweeted something like that. <laughs> yeah. And people get so like, pissed.
0: Like, They're like, people aren't social distancing. There's no mask. Yeah. It's like, I saw, I'm like, well, this is, that was like, uh, yeah. it
1: was like. Look at how they're they're coming together to protest COVID nineteen, and it's just like everybody I saw that that was funny that was actually it's funny. that's what I thought
0: it was. And then it's so funny it's like you do realize like and there's people that are in Cleveland but are outside yeah. that they live in Cleveland, but they're outside of Cleveland sports Twitter so they don't get it. I'm like use your common sense. This is tweeted in March. Does June? Yeah. Does what Cleveland looks like in June? The trees, the sun, the everything. Does it yeah. look like what it does in March? We're still getting snowstorms in March everything is still dead in March like use your common sense like the fact that, yeah. like or look at the weather like this was downtown People Cleveland today
2: in t-shirts and shorts yeah
0: it was like <laughs> I was there it was like 95 degrees like it's like look at today like it's not like this was a picture from the other day like this is today like don't you like we it looked like gotham city today like what point of the day was (laughs) it sunshine and 95 degrees and just the fact that people get so triggered and they just don't use any sort of critical thinking skills but that's like the beauty of it because the people who are on the inside get it and then when it gets to the outside it just creates comedy that you just cannot write and it's a beautiful thing
1: yeah especially like i mean especially with like our you know, your guys' fan base, Cleveland, you know, it's just, you know, it, it's, you know, Cleveland's a big city, but it's, you know, a smaller market. And like, of yeah. like Phoenix, Phoenix is a really big city, but you know, on the national scale, nobody cares about Phoenix. Nobody right. cares about Cleveland in that sense, really. So it's like, yeah. you have these jokes and these inside jokes, and then they get out to people in LA and New York and they're like, like what's going on?
0: Yeah. So yeah. I, I want to get into kind of our similar fandoms here. Cause I remember I would always love because obviously, you know, both times around, but specifically that first LeBron run right there, kind of through the mid 2010s, you know, what you would call it there. Um, you know the Suns and the Cavs had pretty exciting teams, and it was always fun to see. You know Cleveland would play like like you know the TNT doubleheader, right? The first game would be Cleveland and someone, and then there would always be awesome. Like I remember staying up late, like the games would start at eleven o'clock out here, and I, I always loved seeing the like the intro, like the sun setting on that beautiful front facing yeah. of uh, you know it was back then it was US Airways. Um, it was just so pretty, and I loved it. And, you know, there would always be these great regular season battles, you know, Suns and Mavericks and Suns and Spurs and all these yeah. great games. You know, talk about what it was just like being a Suns fan during that time because we felt it too because even I think you guys had a better team. Now, obviously, we had LeBron, and we we were able – the Cavs were able to make it to a finals. Um, but, you know, just the Suns being so close and running into those Spurs teams and those Mavericks teams just- and not being able to get past them.
1: Yeah, it was really unfortunate because, you know, I, you know, a lot of people would agree, this, that Suns team under D'Antoni, they, they kind of changed the way basketball was played. Like, it was always said you needed a true power forward. You needed a, you know, a, a 6'11 power forward. You needed a, a big back down center who could you play defense. And then the, if you kind of look at, you know, the Warriors' initial run, it's kind of similar to the way their yeah. teams were built. And Steve Kerr was the GM for the Suns. And then he became the coach for the Warriors. There was a lot of similarities, and and they did change a lot for basketball in terms of the, uh, you know, we're just going to shoot threes, we're going to try to outrun you, we're gonna, we're not going to focus on posting up. And but I mean, I mean, growing up with that team, it's, it's really what made me love basketball. With Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion, and, and it was just, it was really fun basketball to watch. It was, it was entertaining. It was always high scoring, and I mean, it just, it was unfortunate that they played in an era with you know, against Tim Duncan and Popovich and yeah. then Dirk Nowitzki. And, and even like they played against Kobe and they beat Kobe because Kobe didn't have a, you know, a, a good, a good supporting cast. But even then, like speaking of the Cavs getting to the finals, that's 2007. That's the year that, you know, every, everybody in Phoenix thought, like we knew it was ours. We knew the championship was ours. Like We knew this was finally going to be the year to get there. We knew LeBron was going to get there, but we knew, you know, LeBron didn't have the supporting cast for, to win it. And that's when they got to the conference finals against the Spurs and obviously the whole situation where the bench is cleared and they suspended Amari and this, and it was just, it was a, a whole lot of BS. And that's, that was kind of like our last, I wouldn't say real chance because we got to, you know, game six of 2010 Western conference finals in 2010. But uh, yeah, it, it felt like the, like that was our year and it, it kind of felt like it was taken away with us, especially with, you know, Tim Donaghy and, and everything that was—he was part of the, the officials, and it was—it yeah. was really frustrating because, you know, the, the the Suns felt like the best team in basketball that year, and it just felt like it was taken away.
0: Yeah, I remember watching those Suns teams, and you're right. I mean, really, they were that team that was kind of the blueprint that kind of set up the next generation of basketball. You know, the the you know, like a lot of guys were positionless. Like obviously, Steve yeah. was handling the ball, but there was a very free-flowing offense because during that time, most teams. You know, like the Cavs were able to get to the finals, not only because LeBron was great, but that was just the era of basketball where like one guy and, you know, just kind of a, I mean, really just kind of a ragtag supporting cast. Like, It was all isolation basketball and a lot of guys scored a lot of points. You know, teams didn't score a lot of points, but individuals scored a lot of points and it was just a ton of isolation basketball. And really, you know, the Suns were kind of that you know, they were the outlier. It was different. You know, why don't, you know, do you think it was mainly, so like you mentioned, obviously those Spurs and Mavericks teams were great, you know, like they would always say, you know, that couldn't win. And now the Warriors, you know, they kind of stepped it up a notch and obviously, you know, as great as Steve was, you know, you know, the, 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 the the, the rate at which the Warriors, you know, Steph and clay. And then obviously when Durant came, Durant came with all the three pointers that they shot, it was just a whole nother level. Um, But, you know, do you think it was a more so of who the opponents were or do you think the you know, it just still wasn't ready, that style of play, to be able to take it to the next level and win a championship? I think
1: D'Antoni and Nash have talked about it, too, is that, you know, they kind of wish they would have doubled down. Like Nash wishes he would have shot more. Like, I mean, he was a 50-40-90 guy for several years, like in a row. But he was only averaging 18 points because, you know, he was a true point guard. And yeah. you know, now he said he, he if he could take it back, he would shoot a lot more. He'd be a lot more aggressive, kind of like Steph and like Trey Young, how you see now today. And then Tony says, you know, he wishes he had doubled down. Like they traded Sean Marion for Shaq because right. they, they, they figured that's what they needed to put him over the top. And, I mean, they traded Sean Marion. Sean Marion a few years later went on to win a ring with the Mavs. And he was, you know, one of the main defenders on LeBron who made it so difficult to him on that series. So, and, you know, that was within the same years that the Suns got back to the Western Conference Finals. So you just you just wonder if they had stuck with it, like he said, double down, hadn't the guts to do it, if if they could have finally gotten over the hump.
0: Right, yeah, because I, you know, I I haven't looked at the numbers in forever, but I'm guessing, you know, you know at the time they were really fast and they shot a lot of threes. But I imagine, especially today's basketball compared, they would probably be what, like, it, it, it wouldn't be anything, like the, their numbers now I, wouldn't no, be I anything think, crazy. Yeah, right? It would be like team, middle of like the league.
1: The seven seconds or less, sons. I think like I saw something. That they'd be like twenty second in pace, like in it's today's insane. game. So you know, but it was at the time, it was like something nobody, like people, had never seen before. It was like it was like the UNLV, like in the '80s, like yeah. that's like, the '90s, like that type of basketball, and they brought it to the NBA.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, I love hearing about. Um, Bill Simmons has done some really good interviews with with Nash. I don't know if you've ever listened to those. Um, but they're, 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 really interesting to listen to. And I yeah. love when they talk about, um, what year was it where the Suns finally got past the Spurs and they just talked about the emotion that Nash yeah, had. That, I mean, was, that, that felt like a championship to him. I'm sure it did.
1: That was 2010. Uh, yeah. it was the second round and, and we went into that series, the Spurs, you know, just kind of felt like, Oh, here we go again. And we, the, the thing was that we swept them. We, First two games were in Phoenix. They went crazy. Game three was in San Antonio. Goran Dragic, then he was a, you know, he, he turned himself into a really good player. But at the time, he was like a, he was just this bench guy who was kind of like, if he's confident, he does all right. But if he's not, he just, he's not in it. And he had a 24 point third quarter. And we won game three. And then the game four, Steve Nash had a bloody eye again. But he came back and we won the game and we swept the Spurs. And it's just funny because at that point, to us, I felt like, all right, we conquered the Giant, we slayed the Dragon. The Spurs dynasty is done, which obviously wasn't true because they got back to two more finals and they and they won another one. But I mean, that was as rewarding of a series as I've ever watched, honestly.
0: Yeah, that's how we felt. I don't know about you, Snowman. We were pretty young, but yeah. still we felt it. I mean, when Cleveland, even though it was just the year before that first year, they went to the playoffs with LeBron and they had Detroit down three two that yeah. game six in Cleveland. And it was so close. I mean, uh, they were a foul shot away from tying the game, and then the foul shot almost got tipped in. And and then they went to a Game 7, and, and Detroit was just, you know, they were just ended up being too much. But the next year, Cleveland gets them. They go down 2-0 again, then rip off four straight. And even though, you know, it, it, it was weird in, in a way because – you know, like how, you know, I imagine you probably would have felt, you know, if the Suns went to the finals. It's like, okay, we finally got here. We know what it feels like to get here. We know what it takes to get here. And, you know, when we were looking back at it as Cavs fans, and when I look back at it now, you know, when that happened, it was like, okay. Like, obviously, like, we got swept. No big deal. Like, what would we really expected to do oh, it here yeah. but now you know the, like there's no reason the cabs shouldn't like we have lebron and we you know he's shown you know whoever if they can put just one more guy around him. i mean look what he did with you know nothing like you know i know how right. you talked about you know the suns if they got to the finals that year that was the championship you know i don't know if you realize that how you know the production that Scott Pollard and David Wesley could give LeBron James, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're, but you're right. But it felt like you know, it's like okay, you know, this is just the Cavs are just going to be playing for the finals every year. And obviously, when he came back the second time, you know, it was a different animal and it was a much better team, as an actual team. But yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, that was just such an interesting time. And you know, I, I, we, we just it was just so weird because it's been such a long time, you know, us, we're, we're, we're spoiled Cavs fans now because those four years were, you know, you can't yeah. ask for anything more. The only thing you could have asked more for, for was, you know, three more championships But that one championship counts for infinity. Like if that's all I ever see, like that's, yeah. that's good by me just because of the way that it was, who it was against and all yeah. of that stuff. But yeah. God, that feel, I just, that I, what I'm trying to get out is just that feeling of, You're just running into that wall. That's how I felt, you know, with the Cavs in 08. Like, God, they were so close to beating that Celtics team. That was so much better than the Cavs. That big three team. Yeah. yeah. And then the next year, it was like, God, that was that was the year. They can't, you know, they won sixty-six games in freaking Orlando and Hito Turkaloo. You know, it was, you know, like Hito Turkleo, Sean Livingston, and Leandro Barbosa. I don't think in postseason play, they missed one, like they shot over a hundred percent against the Cavs. Like, I don't think <laughs> yeah. they missed a shot, and then they gave them some extra ones on top. Like those guys never missed anything. It was yeah. crazy. Then the next year it was the Boston thing, and LeBron had the elbow thing, and you know, obviously the whole free agency was weighing in on him. And I imagine you felt a lot of that same stuff as a Suns fan. It was like, yeah, get like if I have to hear Tim Duncan's name one more time, like Tony Parker's name, like get that out yeah, of my like head like, tim duncan, have, like god
1: us being go spurs you know, the go like
0: I, three was headaches
1: yeah so sun's being up three points in, in san antonio and tim duncan making a three like it was just like really or you know amari getting suspended or it was just and then i guess the last you know after 07 which was our real chance you know they made the playoffs again then they missed the playoffs for a year yeah and then they reloaded and then they beat the blazers and then like i said they swept the spurs and then they had the Lakers. And this is the team that they always beat. But, you know, they were they were trying to get that that ring again. Kobe was trying to get his first ring since yeah. since Shaq left. And, you know, they had Pow and Odom. And, you know, they had a good bench. They had a reason. So they were a loaded team. Suns went down 2-0. You're like, okay, they're supposed to win the game tonight. Suns come back 2-2. So then game five in L.A., Suns are down big. They make a huge comeback with five seconds left. Jason Richardson banks in a three. He ties the game. So they're tied 5-5. You know, the Suns take this to overtime. You know, they have the momentum. They probably win the game. Kobe airballs a three, which is the one guy you wouldn't want shooting the ball, but he airballs it. Out of nowhere comes Ron Artest, just tips it in. They win the game. Suns go down, and it feels already like the series is over. So, it and that felt like the last true chance that the team had. I mean, You know, being Arizona fans and, and, and like, Ohio sports fans, I think a lot of that comes from us already having that kind of, like, all right, good things can't happen to our team. So, like, I think that's why when anything, like, good happens, we get so excited because we just don't expect it. Like, for me, uh, one of my favorite prospects, uh, probably my favorite prospect of all time is Luka Doncic. And, you know, the whole season I was, like, Please let the Suns get him. Please let him fall to the Suns. And then the Suns won the lottery. I was like, no, I, I literally shed tears. And I called my friend. I'm like, we're going to get Luka. And it was like, I was so excited because, you know, we had hired the, his coach from Slovenia. So it looked like it was going to be a match. And then, I mean, just being an Arizona sportsman, it, it didn't happen that way. And, and DeAndre is great, but like, right. you know, Luca is generational. He's right. he's going to be one of the best players of all time. And it, I don't, it just always feels like something has to go wrong.
0: Yeah so so what what do you think the Suns need what has what has to happen with the Suns to be like a team that's actually going to like compete you know is going to be you know in there in the mix for the playoffs cuz they got off to you know an exciting start this year especially yeah. compared to what it's been And, you know, me, you know, I graduated from ASU. So being out there, obviously I followed the Cavs. They're my team. But, you know, I follow the Suns too. You know, they're right there. And, you know, what do you think the Suns need? Because, you know, they took a step in the right direction like they have. You know, Rubio is a legit point guard. And, you know, when you just need a guy that to kind of facilitate and, you know, work with DeAndre and work with, you know, Booker, he's definitely serviceable. But, you know, the Suns still aren't a finished product in terms of being in the mix just to be like a solid playoff team.
1: Yeah. If, if they want to, you know, become a championship level team, they're going to need one more guy. They're going to need a free agent that finds Phoenix attractive or, you know, get lucky in the lottery and hope that somebody, you know, this year or next year that, you know, is that guy that can be the, the true second scorer next to Booker. But in terms of them being a good playoff team, a lot of it I think is just experience. Like DeAndre's a young player. He's in the second season. Booker, you know, he's been in a lot of seasons, but he's a young player. he, and this season, even when the Suns got off to a good start, they didn't have a, a really deep bench. There was a lot of young players still. And, you know, Aiden getting suspended 25 games and then missing another, you know, 15-to-injury. And then Kelly Oubre having injuries. And Aaron Baines, who went off to, like, got off to a crazy start. It was, it was a bit of bad luck, but I yeah. honestly thought if Aiden stayed healthy and, and you know, didn't get suspended and then the other injuries didn't happen, you know, I felt like the Suns could have easily been an eight seed this year, but... It, 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 honestly, I think a lot of his experience, and, and that's why I think these last eight games in Orlando are huge because you know they're, they're still competitive games and you're playing for something. So if you can win some games, build some momentum to next year, I think it'd be huge.
0: Oh, a- absolutely, a- absolutely, yeah. Because we're in the, you know, we can't complain being Cavs fans. We have our championship. Like we, LeBron came back, like it was, you know, in- insane. You know, but we're we're in the same boat. Like if the Cavs don't like we're, we'll we never get anyone in free agency. No one wanted to come when LeBron was there. So no one's going to come without LeBron. Yeah. So yeah. We, we need the draft. You know, I like watching some of the young guys, but it's it's like weird because it's like I I'd much rather watch stress filled basketball than, you know, you know, stress-free basketball and have us win 19 games a year. But yeah, I'd like, no, like, uh, rather have, you know, be worrying about LeBron and like getting all these other players and, you know, things for a regular season just to run through the East every year. But um, but yeah, yeah. Bat- basketball, it's just NBA basketball is just the best. You seem like a huge NBA fan. And obviously, you know, you know, you, you, you really have to enjoy watching it if you're going to be, you know, a Cavs and a Suns fan, because there's yeah. it's not it's not easy. And really, if you're a legit fan with of those fan base, you know, of those teams, you're either all in or, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of out.
1: Yeah. That's why I think it's funny. Cause like I, I have the Packers in my bio because you know, how I became a Packers fan was I was four years old, five years old. My favorite color was green. Okay. You know, I, I, I didn't watch any sports before that and I just saw the Packers on TV and then like, okay, I'll root for this team. And then I started playing Madden as a kid, I'm like, okay, I like this team. And then I got into other sports. I'm like, okay, I'll just be all Arizona but yeah, like I remember when the Packers won the Super Bowl, I would get called a bandwagon and I'm like, I'm a Suns fan. I'm a Diamondbacks fan, you know, like <laughs> I, I root for it. the Sun Devils. I, I'm not out here, you know, front running. It's just, it's how it happened. But no, definitely that be a yeah. Suns fan is not for the pain of heart.
0: Yeah, I, I would get so <laughs> triggered when I came out to school because my freshman year was the, was the fall after the Cavs won the championship. And I like, I wear my Cleveland gear all the time and be, you know, and you know or they'd ask me like you know oh, who's your team i'm like oh i'm a Cavs fan and they're like oh you're a front runner i'm like yeah, and i would get triggered, like for no like they have no yeah. idea from I'm, I'm, I'm from ohio like it's an honest thing to say right but i would just get so triggered i'd be like listen up you effing prick i grew up in ohio yeah. like all this i would like get in their faces like whoa dude chill but it's just like but yeah no i'm yeah we're the we're the same way in, the, in, in that regard and you know we we would you would appreciate this so when we would when we would watch all the playoff games um at my house we have um, in our garage, we have like a projector and we would have like, what, like every game, it was very superstitious. Like everyone sits in the same spot. Like the snowman was over there. I mean, every- everyone would just kind of do the same thing. It was very, just like, it was like any superstitious things ritual. that you've seen. Yeah, It was yeah. very much a ritual. It was like, you know, and just yeah. like times it by infinity. It was like, cause God forbid, if we didn't like LeBron would somehow get word and it would just be a bad night.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was one yeah there was one time I didn't come over I was watching it and at halftime the Cavs we were playing like shit
0: it was game I, I, seven and
2: I called him up game seven I called him up I'm like alright I'm on my way over
0: no you just showed there. up you did not I call know. us all of, of a sudden you just up. showed up <laughs> and we're I like up and God bless them. It's it's what we needed. It's that's they're, they're like, "Oh,
2: there you go." That'll be a part of our documentary.
0: <laughs> that'll be a part of our documentary. <laughs> there you go. There we're you
2: go. Documentary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yep. so oh, yeah. now what about Okay, the D-backs have obviously yeah. played a few games. I've I've watched a few Indians games so far. How are the uh D-backs looking this year? I know they have Bumgarner. Obviously Sch- goldschmidt has gone um he's been gone for what is this his second year gone already yeah okay yeah. so what, what what do the d-backs look like because i remember when i was out here the, like my end of freshman year when that season started and in sophomore year when the playoffs came around like obviously the the dodgers were incredible but they hosted that wild card game out here and it was awesome like you know yeah. when they're good like people come out for the d-backs and it's exciting and baseball is really fun but you know how, how are the d-backs looking this year because i'm just i haven't paid any attention i'm just curious
1: yeah, no, I mean they've gone off to a slow start coming into the season. I, you know, I thought they had a pretty good chance at the wild card, and it's it's going to be interesting, obviously, with the sixty games. But I mean, Katal Marte, he's an MVP candidate. He came in third last year for the for the award, and it's just I don't know. I mean, the first few games, it's so hard to tell. Baseball, especially, just two games. But you know, the offense, it, it feels like Katal Marte. Not a lot else there, but you know, the, the starting pitching's there. I mean. I mean, just if you look at the roster on paper, they should be a wild card team. You know, they're not better than the Dodgers because the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. But I mean, I I think I don't know. People are panicking now, but I think the time should be all right.
0: Yeah. Well, last thing I, I know you mentioned, you know, the Suns are like one or two guys away. Now we're in on the joke. So know that before I ask this question, do they do you think that they need you since you can beat Frank Kaminsky one on one? Oh, I mean, if I
1: get my knee healthy, a hundred percent, like it's, uh, you know, put me out point guard. I don't, I don't see a lot of people stopping me one-on-one. I'm going to be honest with you.
0: That's so <laughs> was that, was that just another one of those tongue in cheek things? Are you like trying, like, since everyone's so content crazy now, and now you have this kind of viral tweet behind you, are you like secretly trying to make this happen?
1: No, no, no. I'm not like that. I, I don't, like, bait tweets to, like, to like do that. I, I mean, I've tweeted that before. It's just – it's all for, like, my followers who think it's funny. Like, I yeah. mean, it's it's obviously a joke. Like, I mean, the worst NBA player would kill any of us just oh, because yeah. they're professional basketball yeah. players. But, like, I mess around. Like, you know, people, you know, people would quote that tweet. They're like, yeah, they would kill you in 21. I'm like, nah, they can't guard me. And it's kind of <laughs> like what I did with, with Booker, like, on the podcast. I told him, like, you want to play the 21? I'm like, oh, he's scared. Like, he – I'm like, you don't want the work? And he's like, I mean, I was like, what do you need to score would be uh, played at 21? He's just like, no comment. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's Boy, all yeah. fun. I, I, I appreciate, I mean, like, I appreciate, like, how hard those guys oh, work. Yeah. And I, I do have a lot of respect for them. But it's, it's obviously all jokes. And, yeah. Just...
0: Yeah. Well, you say that now um, until I flip on the TV and you're, like, just popping threes in the bubble. I'm like, I mean this guy I is mean our this just been
1: crazy. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't count it out.
0: <laughs> you never know. Yeah. You never know. That's great. Well Andrew, thanks for taking the time to do this man. Uh this was fun. So thank you again. And then uh plug all your stuff, like your music, your podcast and everything and Twitter so people can uh check out, follow the journey, the podcast, listen to all the Devin Booker and yeah, Mattel Bridges. I stuff. mean
1: a lot of them is the same names: SoundCloud, um, Apple Music. I'm on. My name is Andrew Leeses on there. My Twitter's Andrew Leeses. Uh, my Twitch is Twitch TV slash Andrew Lozoya, which is my, my real name, my last name L O Z O Y A. And yeah, people Instagram is Andrew Leeses, and people hit me up there, and I mean, I reply to every DM that I can, and every you know mention. So it's just, I mean, I just like to talk to people. I like to talk sports, and I just like to have fun with it.
0: Well, great. Well, thank you, Andrew. Again, this was uh, yes. this was really fun. We're root- Our, our Cavs are out of it. They're in the sad sap. They're going to be playing the Pistons like, every day for the rest of the summer. If hopefully, they, they win it. the
1: lottery. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. we win the lottery. Um, but we'll be rooting for the Suns there uh, in the bubble because those are our, uh, that's our satellite team. Oh, yeah, yeah, hey, so appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. All right, thanks, Andrew. Yeah,
2: thank you.